This is the Canadian Taxpayers Federation podcast, where we are fighting for lower taxes, less waste, and more accountable government. I'm Chris Sims. I'm in Lethbridge, Alberta. Two of my favorite human beings, Franco Terrazano, our federal director, and Ryan Thorpe, our investigative journalist. Uh, they're at our embassy in Ottawa. So <laughs> this really... Okay, nothing says we care about affordability of the little people, like jetting around Canada and eating lobster. What is going on with these so-called affordability retreats by the cabinet, and why are we paying for them? Well, I I can take that one away. So um, basically, over the course of a single calendar year, from September 2022 to August 2023, the Trudeau government held three three-day cabinet retreats across the country. Uh, all of these were kind of pitched to the public as we're getting serious uh, about the affordability crunch that you're facing. You know, we, we hear your concerns. We feel what you're going through. Um, but thanks to some access to information records that we dug up, some other public records uh, that the government has published, we now know that all told, they billed taxpayers for these affordability retreats $1.3 million, or just a little bit under $1.3 million. So let me, and I think actually where the story really uh, might get people upset is in some of the details. So let me go into those. So the first one, uh, in September 22, they went to Vancouver. Uh, The menu, we were able to get our hands on the receipts. The menu that they were dining on uh, included filet mignon, uh, mm. Grilled salmon, uh, ceviche, prawn ravioli, ravioli, key lime pie. So they were they were eating quite good uh, while they were there, and all told, they billed taxpayers for four hundred and seventy one thousand uh, dollars. Then, just a couple months later, in January twenty twenty three, this time they said, "Hey, we're going to go to Hamilton." Um, they dropped $305,000. And this is just from records that we got from the Privy Council office. So it's not even the total bill. Uh, it's $305,000 and counting. Uh, and this included you know, $32,000 on hospitality rooms, $20,000 on meals and incidentals, $50,000 on hotel rooms, $48,000 on meeting rooms, uh, they had $26,000 worth of rental equipment, $71,000 worth of audio and visual services. Uh, and we, again, we got the menu. We saw what they were eating, and it was you know lunch buffets, breakfast buffets. But my personal favorite, somehow over three days, they spent $3,493 on pop and juice. Uh, <laughs> they spent $542 on potato chips and $240 uh, on cookies, um, which, yeah, I don't know. That speaks for itself. And then August 2023, this time out to PEI, they dropped $485,000 on this three-day retreat, almost half a million bucks, $100,000 worth of waterfront hotel rooms, and $75,000 in meals and general catering expenses. You know, let me just jump in here for a second because, Ryan, you almost kind of buried the lead here, right? (laughs) So they billed all of these three cabinet retreats to Canadians as affordability retreats, right? We're going to go talk to each other on how to make life more affordable for Canadians. And then they spent more than a million bucks expensing the taxpayer for these three three three-day retreats, right? Like, at the very least, they need to think about changing the name 
of these affordability retreats because certainly us Canadian taxpayers can't afford them. I mean, maybe they should do a retreat about stopping pissing away money. But of course, even that would probably cost us, dear taxpayers, hundreds of thousands of bucks. So, folks, they had these three cabinet retreats crisscrossing Canada, cost Canadian taxpayers more than a billion bucks. More than a million dollars, sorry. So a couple things come to mind. Like Number one, me and Rye Guy, we're here in Ottawa. There's offices all around us. You Thank know, you. so it's just a shame they couldn't do some of these meetings in the office buildings or over Zoom, which we're doing right now, to figure this stuff up. But number two, obvious, uh, Canadians don't need you racking up more than a million dollars on these so-called affordability retreats to make our lives more affordable. No, no, no. We need you to stop raising the taxes that are making our lives more expensive. It's that simple. You don't need a million bucks billed to the taxpayer to figure that one out. For real. I just wanted to add on to that because some folks who haven't like worked in government, they may not understand just how much they bloody well pay for it. So you guys are in downtown Ottawa. You're surrounded by government buildings. Okay. The taxpayer already owns them. They are already wired for sound and video in some cases, like hardcore encrypted, like video conferencing, where they have to talk about important international stuff. It's surrounded by bars and restaurants. There are catering services that bring these politicians food. A good rule of thumb, especially for Ottawa politicians, is that if you see them traveling or eating, you're paying for it already. Even if they're in Ottawa, they're going to be charging you a per diem because they're away from their home riding, don't you know? So it just adds insult to injury for them at this time where I literally see people putting canned tuna back on the shelf because they can't afford it. These are working people. So it adds insult to injury when they decide to take it upon themselves to solve the affordability crisis while eating fancy food in Charlottetown and Vancouver. And so... And it's then really Orwellian with the tab, it. right? And yeah, and make it with the tab. Like it's one thing for you. them to like, use their 200k salary to wine and dine <laughs> themselves. It's a complete other thing to go there, get these types of you know filet mignon, the millionaire cut steak, a lobster tail, or whatever, and then send the bill back to the taxpayer. Like that's, that's the right. thing that really irks me. That's right. And on top of this, so keep in mind they're sending the tab to that hairdresser. They're sending the tab to the waitress, to the people working at the mall. And remember, it's this same government folks who will shake down those waitresses and those girls selling pants at the mall for their 50 percent employee discount. I'm not kidding. CRA will come after them and turn them upside down like a cartoon and shake them out for their toonies and loonies. Meanwhile, these cabinet ministers don't even bat an eye of traveling all over the place, spending your money and telling you to thank them for it. If folks are mad hearing this, you ought to be like you should phone your member of parliament. I don't care what party they're in. And you should tell them to knock this stuff off because it's not only a big waste of money. It's insulting to the average working person. Do we want to have a little bit of fun? Do we want to move on to garden parties? Well, you did say bars and restaurants. <laughs> Funny you should set mention the stage. that. Simmer set the stage. Okay, so garden parties happen typically, in my experience in Ottawa, at places like uh, Stornoway or 24 Sussex. And so right now, 24 Sussex is like under renovation. I think there's like tape around it or something. So there's Rideau Cottage. Quite often, political leaders will hold these little soirees in the spring and summer, and it's called a garden party. 
So what is the latest on the garden party tab in Ottawa? What's going on? Well, this one, this particular garden party that we were able to get some records on, get the receipts, uh, it was in June of 2023. Uh, it was at Rideau Cottage. This one was Trudeau organized it, Trudeau threw it. And this time he was hanging out with uh, the Canadian media. Now, it's it's kind of, unfortunately, it's more the same kind of with those affordability retreats. It is people enjoying really nice food, uh, good drinks, and then sending the bill to taxpayers. So all told for this particular one day media garden party event at Trudeau's place on R Rideau Cottage, uh, taxpayers were billed $11,651. But again, like the devil is in the details. So... They ordered food from four of Ottawa's finest eateries. Uh, they had wines and craft beer uh, shipped in. Uh, and uh, one detail I particularly like, they had uh, napkins emblazoned with gold lettering for this particular event. Uh, food they were eating, it was you know fresh handmade pasta, tostadas, tacos, shrimp sliders, tuna tartare, and salted caramel and hibiscus passion fruit ice cream served <laughs> in quote-unquote uh, eco-conscious biodegradable containers. Um, they washed it all down with a blonde ale or an IPA craft beer. Uh, and if you weren't the beer drinking type, then they also had Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet Sauvignon wines uh, for everyone to enjoy. It sounds quite nice. Um, the news media that was in attendance, you know, it was people from CBC, journalists from the Globe and Mail, from the Canadian Press, uh, from the Toronto Star, uh, Global, CTV. So we had broadcast networks there as well. Um, in addition to Trudeau and like his political staffers, there was other uh, political staffers there. There was various ministers there. Environment Minister Stephen Guibault was on the the guest list. Um, like he'd and, be the life yeah. of the party. I just gotta say, that guy seems like a lot of fun at parties. That dude right there. <laughs> he must have yeah, a lineup. So, <laughs> out of the overall bill, it was about uh, thirteen hundred bucks on booze. Uh, for that afternoon and about 4,800 bucks on the food, general catering. You know, there were some other expenses, which is how the bill gets up to 11,651. Um, and this particularly, you know, as someone who used to be in the news media, I'm sure you feel the same way, uh, Chris, like it drives me up the wall to hear about taxpayers, you know, being footed the bill so politicians and journalists can, you know, schmooze with each other and, wine and dine at other people's expense. Um, but I think the context here also really matters because we can't, this comes at a time when, you know, the federal government is subsidizing the Canadian media, pretty much every major player in the Canadian media um, to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. So just a recap or a refresher from people, because it's, it's quite tough to keep track of all the different ways tax dollars are being shoveled at the media these days. Um, so, Last November, there was 129 million uh, earmarked uh, for the Canadian news media. Um, that go back all the way to 2019, there was the $595 million newspaper bailout. There was the $50 million local journalism initiative. The industry got 60 million in pandemic support. And then there was something called the 10 million special measures for journalism top up. So all told, that's more than 840 million that's been earmarked for the press in this country from the federal government. 
not to mention the more than $1 billion in tax dollars the CBC gets every year. And now, to add insult to injury, uh, they're also billing us for parties. So Trudeau can hold court with members of the Canadian press corps. In, okay, no. sorry to put... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, like I like a Bush party as, me as much as the next guy. But like when me and my buddies want to delete a couple cold ones, I don't send the tab to the taxpayer. Right. And like this, this like a couple things come to mind here on what's going so wrong with this. I mean, number one, like Trudeau ministers, the Liberal Party, any political party, if you want to hobnob with the media or anyone and have some fine IPAs or some pale ales or some Pilsner, or I don't know, a nice bottle of Pinot, pay for it yourself. Stop forcing struggling Canadians to pay for your parties, your shindigs, your whatever you want to call it, okay? But number two, look, we do know that other political parties have been holding these types of garden parties, mm -hmm. right? Now we don't know the tab just yet, or if those tabs were paid for by the taxpayers, that's something that we're looking into. So stay tuned. But I don't care what political party it is. Stop no. these God and par garden parties. Stop the party with taxpayers' money. Regardless of what party you're in, you should not be billing taxpayers to party with the media or anyone for that matter, okay? And, and I think also more to the point, Ryan, I'm glad you added in that extra context at the end there, is like, what kind of message does it send for politicians to be using taxpayers' money to network with the media. Not a good message, that's for sure. Like, do you think that the CBC or other uh, mainstream news outlets that were at this garden party, do you think that they're going to report on the fact that taxpayers were billed more than 11000 bucks for this one-day party? I don't think so. You know, I'm not going to hold my breath. No, exactly. Uh, so... I'm curious, and I'm not going to put you guys on the spot because you probably don't know this. I'm curious if any of these media organizations, some of whom are big media organizations, they have a ton of their own cash, if they reimbursed the Treasury at all for this. Because I'm 90% sure that that used to be pretty standard practice for these garden parties for the exact reason you point out, Ryan, that they don't want to be seen to be in a conflict of interest. Now, this is dating back around 20 years ago, but I'm pretty darn sure that big corporations that happen to have media and news wings attached to them would give money back to the treasury to cover like a per head fee for however many journalists they sent. Further to your point, this just speaks volumes in the same way that remember when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau went to the Parliamentary Press Gallery's gala a couple of years ago? And these sort of galas, number one, they used to be in in-house. Nobody used to take footage of it. Now it's actually like broadcast. It's a media thing. So it's it's extra gross. It's no longer journalists and governments like, you know, rizzing each other and like burning each other. It's supposed to be a roast the way it used to be back in D.C. Now it's broadcast. And so we can see their speeches. And Trudeau, I'm paraphrasing, had his little speech and he said, oh, well, you know, people accuse the media of just parroting what I want to say. Well, they'd better because we pay them $500 million to do so. Like Gross. there was zero laughter in the room, a little bit of uncomfortable tittering. But it gets exactly to your point, Ryan, that this is an obvious conflict of interest. And hey, folks, if you don't want to see trust in media and news doing the nosedive that it is right now, like, oh. like. People don't trust journalists anymore. If you don't want to do that, 
Maybe don't take government money from the taxpayer and maybe don't go to these sort of garden parties again on the taxpayer tab. So, but Franco, how else are they going to raise money for these sort of garden parties unless well, they hike our taxes? Well, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Great segue. <laughs> and that's coming up segue. soon, right? Yeah, great <laughs> segue. But Thank before you. before oh, I get okay. into this, I, I actually do want Ryan to answer your question about the reimbursements because, you know, that was actually the first question that we had was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's reimbursements here. So, Ryan, why don't you take that away? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add quick. So um, we submitted a request with the Privy Council office to say, hey, we got these receipts. We're trying to make heads of them, you know, wrap our heads around them. And uh, we want to know, you know, were tickets sold? Like, did, did the media have to buy tickets to this event and then therefore would have been in some way contributing to the cost? Were there any sorts of reimbursements um, that any of the media organizations uh, who attended made to cover, you know, the cost for their journalists to do this? Um, and the Privy Council Office, I mean, it took probably about three weeks to get a response from them at all. It was a couple of very simple questions, but like, it was like pulling teeth, trying to get any information in this particular case. We got back a, uh, a written statement they gave no indication that there was any sort of reimbursements. You know, they didn't directly answer the questions that we had asked, but there was no indication that any of this money had been reimbursed. Mm -hmm. And they specifically noted that, you know, all of the expenditures were done in accordance with various, you know, government policies on, um, you know, spending money like this. So. I, yeah, it seems to be we gave the government every you know opportunity to try and explain this or to say if there was reimbursements. They gave no indication of that. But I would also add that because of all these media organizations taking government subsidies at this point, even if they had, it would have yeah. just been shuffling taxpayer money back towards the government after they had gotten that money from the government to begin with. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah, but you're right. I hadn't thought of that. I'm almost positive, though, 20 years ago, overhearing one of my bosses or supervisors saying something like, we can only budget for four people to go, meaning mm. the company was paying a per head thing and they weren't taking taxpayers money back then. This is in the olden yeah. days when we used to have separation between state and journalism. It was really interesting back then. So that's depressing. All right. Do we want to talk about more depressing things on how this is no fooling where our taxes are being hiked on April 1st? Who wants to take that one away? Well, I'll be the rain cloud as I so often I thought am maybe on the you show. Would. Yeah. <laughs> so folks, get this right. In one month, on the very same day, April 1, carbon tax up alcohol taxes up, member of parliament pay, you guessed it, also going up. So on the very same day that they take more money from you, they are giving themselves more of your money. Isn't that fun, right? So carbon tax, April 1, up to 17 cents a liter of gas, 21 cents a liter of diesel, 15 cents per uh, cubic meter of natural gas. The PBO, Right. Oh, they're working hard out there to hold the government accountable. It's the government's own independent, nonpartisan budget watchdog. And the PBO found that even after the rebates, the carbon tax will cost the average family up to nine hundred and eleven bucks a year. Isn't that nice? Alcohol tax as well. This whole conversation could have drove you to drink and you would have been <laughs> forgiven. But even then, when you go in to grab a Pilsner with the boys, a Pinot Noir with your better half, or even just a Mickey or rum after the kids have been driving you nuts all week while well, Trudeau is reaching deeper into your pocket with a 4.7% alcohol tax hike. Now, if you haven't poured yourself a stiff one, you're going to need it because while MPs are making your life more expensive, they have inflation proofed 
<laughs> their own pay in a sense by giving themselves a raise. So this year's MP pay raise will range from an extra eight grand to an extra 16,000 grand, uh, depending on, you know, if they're a backbencher, if they're a minister, if they're the prime minister. So a backbencher, uh, along with all the other perks, al al along with uh, collecting dust, will be getting about a $200,000 salary after this raise. While the prime minister, after this raise, his pay will now be north of 400000 bucks. That is hard to swallow, and yeah. all on the same day. Now, mm -hmm. people have asked me this. Um, why does it always happen on April 1st? Yeah, beginning of the budget year for the feds. Okay. Right, that's, so that's why the carbon so, tax goes up, alcohol taxes go up, and their pay is going up as well. This is why I'm asking you, because you're the economist dude, and uh, in fact, his Twitter handle, I think it's Franconomics, which is pretty clever. A lot of normal people assume the year starts in January 1st, but for the fiscal people, their new year starts on April 1st. So that is the that is the start of a new fiscal year. That is why it's <laughs> insult to injury that it lands on April 1st or April Fool's Day. So are we seeing any, I got to put you on the spot here, Franco and Ryan. Are we seeing any major pushback coming from members of parliament as individuals or parties in the House of Commons saying, okay, guys, enough is enough. We need to stop these MP pay hikes maybe even have a pay cut. I don't know. Dreaming in Technicolor. We need to stop the carbon tax hikes or scrap it all together. Like, who are the big yeah. dogs on this issue? Well, you know what? Let, let This actually, let's just segue into our taxpayer pro tip because this Hit. was this was perfect for mine. So I'm just going to go into it. So on the carbon tax, you essentially have one party that's leading the charge against the carbon tax hikes, and that's the Conservative Party. So kudos. They've been they've been great on this issue uh, under this uh, since the last election. They The Conservatives have been great fighting the carbon tax. They've been saying all the right things. Kudos to them on that. On the alcohol taxes, again, the Conservatives have been very good on this issue. They do not want the alcohol taxes to go up. Now, making its way in the House of Commons is now a motion from a committee to cap alcohol tax increases. So to not increase it by the full 5%-ish and to only increase it by 2%. So, you know, all the parties are kind of starting to, you know, well, maybe we shouldn't raise the alcohol tax by the full amount, okay? Similar to what happened in last year's budget. Now on the pay, that's a different story. You know, privately, you might hear from even some of the biggest so-called taxpayer champions, you know, we don't need another raise this year. Right. In fact, the government did stop the pay raises from going up between 2010 and 2013. That did happen. However, really publicly, when you think about it, no party has really broken ranks as of right now to oppose the MP pay raise. Right. So the government, the Trudeau government, the liberals tomorrow could stop the MP pay raises. Now, it's a little harder for the opposition parties that don't control the government, like the NDP, the Bloc, the Greens, and the Conservatives. However, I'm not seeing major press conferences about this, major tweeting or other social media activity about this, or a private, a private member's bill about this, right? All it would take, even for the opposition parties to stop the MP pay raise, would be to break ranks with the other parties and to make this a communications and political issue leading up to April 1. But I'm not seeing it. So my pro tip of the day to any of our taxpayer champions in the House of Commons or people who think of themselves as taxpayer champions, if you truly are a taxpayer champion, in addition to opposing the carbon tax and alcohol tax hikes, 
you better be opposing that MP pay raise. Excellent taxpayer pro tip. Uh, Ryan, uh, what pearls of wisdom do you have for our listeners? Well, I, I just stumbled uh, across some new data from Statistics Canada. Uh, it was released uh, just this month, and it's basically an update on their um, data on trust in institutions in Canada. And one of the institutions that they look at is the is the media, is legacy media, and they polled for high levels of trust in the media, and the numbers are pretty damning. So across the across the country, we'll jump to a couple of different jurisdictions. So people who say that they have high level of trust in the Canadian media, in BC, it's 13%. Wow. In Ontario, it's 13%. In the prairies, it's 12%. Uh, in Atlantic Canada, it's 15%. And in Quebec, it's a little bit higher, 21%. But still, those are pretty... That's a damning indictment, in my opinion. Those are terrible numbers. Journalism can only function if people actually believe that you know they can trust these institutions, that what they're being told is the truth. And you kind of preempted me a little bit on this, Chris, but my taxpayer pro tip is to the Canadian media, hey, if you want to you know, if you want to change those polling numbers, a pretty easy thing to do would be maybe don't go, you know, hobnob with the prime minister and various ministers, politicians and bureaucrats and staffers on the taxpayer tab and, you know, drinking wine and eating fancy food and drinking craft beer and maybe turn away the subsidies because that is playing a major factor in why trust in the press is absolutely plummeting right now. And it should be. It's a clear conflict of interest. And quite frankly, the public shouldn't trust the press while they're on uh, the government's payroll. Amen. And exactly. And uh, I would echo that. I I keep a close eye on those stats, too. I noticed that trust in media took like a nosedive starting in 2020 when all of this lockdown business started happening. And then it corresponded also with the wheel out of buckets of taxpayers cash going to journalists. Uh, not to be blunt about it, but well, duh. Like if you are on the government payroll, if you're counting on them for your paycheck, you can't hold the government to account. Like this is really simple, folks. Uh, and anybody who tries to baffle gab you and make it really complicated, they're just trying to snow you. OK, every common sense person knows that if you're on the government payroll, you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. And even if you are that rare unicorn, OK, who somehow manages to ignore the fact that you're getting paid by this guy in government. Your, your perception of bias is still there because we can all see that your corporation, your company is getting paid. So it doesn't matter. Bias is the same uh, as corruption. It's the perception of it that will sink you. And this is why we're seeing, was that a one digit number for high trust in media in the prairies in the West? It was 12, it was 12 percent. But like, you know, it's failing. It's failing grades across the board and it's not even close. Yeah, that's brutal. That is basically the employees of big media and their families, plus like margin of error. Like, I'm not joking. That's around that number. So which leads me to my taxpayer pro tip. OK, so along with, you know, the government paying off approved media, by the way, they have a little council. It's really cute of government approved journalists who pick out fellow government approved journalists. And then those government approved journalists get government money. 
So it's even grosser than just like a, an across the board payout. There's like a selectivity going on there. So we've got that happening on one side, plus the CBC, plus a, more than a billion dollars to the CBC. But on the other side of things, which leads me to my taxpayer pro tip, are things like censorship laws, like what's usually called Bill C-11, okay? And that is where the government is attempting to regulate what you can hear, see, and say online. Again, they're going to try to snow you and say, oh, no, no, this is just so that you can get more maple syrup recipes and Celine Dion songs on YouTube. Folks, you can't get go give government that kind of power. They're, they're going to, you know, downgrade speech they don't like. That also corresponds with something that's now on the horizon. And for folks who listen to this podcast, you've heard this term before because the government has tried this two separate times. It's the so-called online harms bill. Okay, so I'm going to pick my words carefully here. The government, it sounds like it's going to table a bill that will be primarily, not sure, that will concern things like protection of children online. Every reasonable and decent person supports that. Like, no common sense decent person would oppose that. I will note, there are already laws about that stuff on the criminal code. They could easily just go into those own laws and strengthen those individual laws, but they're not. What we're concerned about from a free expression, we don't use the term free speech in Canada, from a free expression perspective, is that they can also term a harm to be what they call misinformation or disinformation. Now, for anybody who's listening to this saying, oh, well, we don't want, you know, Vladimir Putin disinforming us in our election in Moose Jaw, that can't be. OK, fine, fine. But do you really want Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and cabinet ministers like Stefan Guibault to decide what is and is not misinformation in Canada? Because when we use the term carbon tax, they get really mad. Right. When we found out that they were thinking about a pickup truck tax, they were super mad. They called it misinformation. Folks, think about it. Do you want the government deciding what is disinformation and misinformation and possibly muzzling you in your free expression online? And here's why this is important. Because if you can't express yourself freely, you cannot hold government to account. Period. Government will work in its own little vacuum and you'll stay home and be a good little silent taxpayer. You don't want that. So I will leave the taxpayer pro tip at that. Folks, pay attention to this bill that is probably going to be tabled soon. Phone your MP across party lines. You tell them, yes, yes, I understand what it's called. But there's this little pill in there that could affect my free expression. And I want you to take that out. So folks, if you have any questions about this stuff, or if you want to sign a petition or order, you know, a pushback type t-shirt, go to our website taxpayer.com. You can sign all sorts of petitions there for whatever issue you want. And it's also a good way for you to help fight for taxpayers.